Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is Monday, November 8th, 2021. And on today's show, a few items. CBA is coming up. Uh, the expiration of the current CBA is coming up in Major League Baseball. We'll touch on that and what might come of that. Uh, qualifying offers have been offered out to 14 players. We'll go over who they are. And also, we're going to start our exit interviews today for the National three, uh, three players from last year's Nats team. Uh, we'll talk about them, their bullpen guys. Could they come back? Uh, and so stay tuned for that. That should be fun at the end of the show. All right, let's get to it. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, let's get into it. Uh, but before we do, we'll let you guys know we really are trying to start on YouTube getting this thing going. So if you guys, I know a lot of you all listen on the audio side of things on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on YouTube as well now, Locked On Nationals. We'll have content. And basically all the shows moving forward uh, will be through YouTube as well as on the audio platforms as well. But go and give us a follow on YouTube, uh, subscribe, and then also interact with videos. It does, uh, it helps get me ideas and it's always nice during the off season to have that going on. All right. So the off season feels like it has officially started because last week was a world series, obviously, but the parade happened and the weekend happened and we've turned the corner now because of some of the news. There's a lot of free agency news happening right now and a lot of lists about, you know, who could be going where, but to me, I don't know if we can really focus on free agency just yet. I, I don't know if that's that's really where our focus should be because right now the CBA is looming over everything in Major League Baseball. The current collective bargaining agreement is scheduled to expire at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time on December 1st. Um, and I know there's been so much talk and consternation about this, and it feels like we're heading towards a work stoppage. There's been some really good reporting by Ken Rosenthal over at The Athletic. Uh, it's been him and also Evan Drellich as well, both those at The Athletic. There's been some good work done off the back of that by the folks over at CBS Sports as well. And so for those of you all who are kind of new to the conversation or you know not really paying attention to the CBA, I don't blame you. It's boring. It's not the most fun information out there, but it's important because it could prevent us from having baseball or it's going to shape the way at least next year's baseball season could look like. It could be a regular one. If things don't go well, which you know, I think after the COVID year and the COVID conversations that both sides have, I think there's a lot of skepticism amongst fans and probably rightfully placed about you know the way in which this could go. But um, you know, th- that's it's going to shape how next season goes. And the latest reporting, this is as of November 5th by Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellich, says that the players union and the players have made an offer to the owners. And there has been some progress, Ken has said, on the non-money uh, side of things. But, I mean, you know, this this really is going to come down to money. Excuse the, the birds outside. I let the dog out during the show to make sure he doesn't disrupt the program. So here a bird or two. Uh, don't mind that. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the big thing here, right, is, is that the money is, is what it's going to come down to. And, and in that realm, there are a few really important things. Number one, the players want the minimum salary to be boosted. That's something that they really want 
across the board. Number two, they want arbitration to come up uh, earlier. So players being able to kind of decide what their salaries are, have more say in that earlier. And they want changes in service time. And as somebody, you know, I, I follow a bunch of different sports. I'm sure a lot of you all do. You know, to me, that's really rational because right now the players get absolutely – I mean, the NFL is the worst. The players are uh, – for a league that makes that much money, the players, you know, to be that kind of system where the, the contracts are, uh, you know, not always guaranteed and they can cut you pretty easily. Um, there's not much job security in the NFL. And baseball, there's not much either. And the problem I have is like – so look at the NBA, Right. Anthony Davis at the age of 22, a lot of guys at the age of 22 are getting contract extensions, right? DeAndre Ayton uh, was in college and I was in college. And I'm 24 right now. And he is uh, trying to haggle right now for his second contract. You know, you actually saw this offseason. A lot of those young Suns players signed extensions. And I know it does happen sometimes in Major League Baseball. We saw that happen with Fernando Tatis Jr. But most of the time, guys aren't getting contract extensions until they're in their late 20s. For example, uh, Francisco Lindor, you know, is, is upper 20s and he signed his last year. For an NBA player, you'd be on your third contract by then. You, you'd be a rookie deal, second contract, and you definitely probably, you know, if you're one of the top players, better players in the league, you're going to be on your third contract. And I know he got paid, but that's the problem is, you know, we're going to talk about a couple guys later on in this show. Like, are arbitration eligible, Austin Voth, Wander Suero, and Kyle Finnegan are all 30. They're all 30-year-olds. And those guys are going to go to arbitration. You know, there's no, you know, you'd think at 30, at that point, you'd probably have a bit more ability to, to have some flexibility with your career. But those guys don't. They, they, they don't. And so that is something that is going to be adjusted. Now, what it looks like, I'm not smart enough to know exactly what it's going to look like. And baseball, out of all the sports, in my opinion, has the most complicated financial systems. The way things work with, uh, whether it be you know, the Rule 5 draft, whether it be um, you know, with arbitration, you know, how, how these things work and service time and all of those things, it's a pretty diluted, it's a, it's a very diluted system. And so, um, you know, that's, it's going to be a, a fight in my opinion, from, from the word go, it already has been. And uh, I, I think also one thing the players want is they want that uh, salary floor raise, right? They want that salary floor, floor raise because that gives ownership uh, more, you know, more, more, well, they want the floor raise because you have to meet that certain threshold, right? If, if the salary floor is $100 million, you must pay out $100 million to players. If you don't, it gets it gets allocated, I believe. That's the way it works, at least in the NBA. I'd assume it's the same way, too. Um, the, the economic proposal the, um, the league made was $100 million that MLB made, Major League Baseball. If I said the MLB, I'm sorry. Do you folks care about that? Um, MLB said it wanted a... $100 million salary floor and a $180 million luxury tax threshold. Though this luxury tax threshold this year is $210 million. Um, so that means they want to come down. And they might use that COVID excuse as a reason why, but that's kind of the, the numbers that we're seeing that we're playing with right now. Major League Baseball's Players Association hasn't been very good either, kind of getting what they've wanted. So I don't know. I mean, are they going to hold fast, hold firm? I think now might be the time to do it. Um, they're scheduled to meet next week. They're going to go over a lot of these things. And, uh, you know, knowing these two parties, I think there's not a lot of hope right now. But that's kind of where we're at. That's what the players want. Uh, obviously, doesn't need a hitter or something that all the fans want, unless you're a communist and you want to keep the uh, – you want to keep that damn pitchers hitting thing. I mean – 
I'm not sure if you guys are watching during the World Series a couple times though. It's like Framber Valdez, man. Not this. Not, it's not his fault. He shouldn't be up there handling the bat. Like the guy should not be. Zach Granke, no need for it. He hadn't batted in years, right? There's, there's no need for those guys to be hitting. You know, I, I'm not going to a World Series. I'm not watching the World Series. Two best teams all year fight for a championship. I don't want Ian Anderson at the plate deciding anything. It's just not. It's just not how the league should be. And also, you know, it gets more guys jobs and it's more fun uh, roster flexibility, if you will, moving forward. So that's something to watch. Um, there, obviously, it's one of the one of the big things. All right, let's take a break. We come back. I will talk about the guys who got some qualifying offers extended to them, and kind of what are the obvious ones that we'll take, and which ones we'll leave it on the table. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Direct TV Stream. You guys know this this tale as old as time, right? You got the one device for the live game. You got the TV on whatever. You got uh, your computer for your favorite shows, and then maybe the iPad for your, you know, friends, best friends, login for the HBO Max, whatever it is you want to use. Uh, well, all that can be a thing of the past now with Direct TV Stream. You guys can get your TV together now. Uh, it means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtvstream.com. It's directtvstream.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. So we had qualifying offers that were extended and here they are. I'm going to go through them now. 14 of them. And uh, this is from MLB trade rumors is where I'm reading from. Um, and let's see. So um, as teams had, to, yes, they had to make their decisions by 4 PM central time yesterday. So here are the players that were issued the one-year $18.4 million qualifying offer. Brandon Belt from the Giants, Nick Castellanos from the Reds, Michael Conforto from the Mets, Carlos Correa from the Astros, Freddie Freeman from the Braves, Rizel Iglesias from the Angels, Robbie Ray from the Blue Jays, Eduardo Rodriguez from the Red Sox, Corey Seager uh, from the Dodgers, Marcus Simeon from the Blue Jays, Trevor Story from the Rockies, Noah Syndergaard from the Mets, Chris Taylor from the Dodgers, Justin Verlander from the Astros. So let's start with the guys that I think should take the qualifying offer. Uh, at least you know, this is just the best of my thought, thought process and kind of knowledge here. Um, I believe I believe Noah Syndergaard is 110% a guy who should take it, right? One year, 18.4. It's a fair salary. Guys coming back from injury, right? So a lot of question marks there. And that kind of makes sure, um, you know, that, that, that sure that may, it'll make sure basically that, that things – are kind of fair on both sides, right? The Mets take a one-year chance. He has the one year to get back on his feet and see where he is after that. And also, I think he does like being in New York. Other pitcher, Justin Verlander should 110% take that qualifying offer, man. I mean, for a guy at his age, coming off the injuries that he has had, um, I don't think there's any reason that he should. I mean, you know, is somebody going to go out there and give this guy at age 38 a two-year contract, right? Is that a guy that we think that that should be going out there and doing it? And look, I, I know he's been really effective at that age, right? You think about his, his 20, uh, 2019 season where he was, you know, a guy who won the Cy Young at, at, at that age was absolutely nuts, um, but didn't pitch last year. And obviously, you know, a shortened 2020 season, uh, had surgery, you know, and it didn't pitch this year. And now to be out of the game for a while, like I – you know, will somebody give him the two years, $40 million that he wants or two years, you know, um, I mean, hell, he should take, you know, if somebody offers him two for 25, you take that obviously because it's, you know, it's worth more than the one for 18. But because also if he pitches well during the one, the one year, I don't think anybody's going to be giving him a, a two or three year contract at 39. 
So it's important for him now to kind of, I think, lock that up, right? It's important for him to, to either take that money or, you know, see if he can get a better deal. But I think that we're going to see him take it. He is going to be 39 by the time the, 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 um, the season starts. So if he played out the qualifying offer, took it and then tried to get a deal after that, he would be signing on at the age of 40 for two more years after, you know, for well, however many years it would be after that. Uh, and I don't know if somebody's in the business of getting the long-term extension. I think the most you'd see is a two-year deal. But I think that's a deal that makes a lot of sense for both parties, unless he really thinks he can get two years. That's just my thoughts on that. I, I mean, I think the rest of these guys in this list, right, you see is declining it. Um, Belt's going to get a multi-year deal, I, I, I would think, right? I mean, unless I could be off there, but, you know, you'd think a guy like Brandon Belt is going to get himself, uh, you know, a, a longer-term deal than that. He's just – He's just uh, 33 years old, right? So he gets more you know, security. He plays first base. It's not like it's a position, you know, where you got to be, you know, super athletic forever. Uh, Nick Castellanos, no. <laughs> uh, Conforto is going to be a no. Correa is obviously no. Freeman's a no. Iglesias, I can't speak to that. Uh, I'm not 100%, 110% sure. Robbie Ray, you'd think not. Eduardo Rodriguez, interesting. I think not. I think he'd get a longer-term deal elsewhere. Um Corey's, but I mean, he's at the age where he could actually bet on himself. He's not too old, so he could. Corey Seager's a no. Simeon's a no. Story's a no. Uh, Chris Taylor's also a no. So I think at most you see like two of these guys take these take these uh, qualifying offers. Um, but th- that'd be the most that I, I could see happening. And also one thing that kind of ties back into our conversation about free age, about the MLB CBA. I know we all get all we get all excited about free agency, but like it's going to stall. I mean. I think with the with the uncertainty about the financial structures moving forward, there's no real reason for either party to like come to any kind of agreement. I mean, if if we're going to have some fundamental changes, and I'm not sure if we're going to get fundamental, but if there are some systemic changes in the way it kind of business is done, either way, uh, I don't know if you want to tie yourself to a long term contract anyway. You know, if, if things change at all, depending on what team you are, because uh, if that if that luxury tax ceiling changes at all. You know, if you're a team up against it, like the Dodgers, what what are your thoughts on signing Clayton Kershaw and Max Scherzer in the dollar amount? That calculus changes for the for teams like that. So, I know I know it's fun to do the whole free agency thing. I don't think we're going to see much movement at all on on the the big the big fish. I really don't think we're going to see much much movement with those guys, considering all the things that have been taken care of before we can really hit that. All right, one more word from our sponsors, and then we will take a look and do our exit interviews with three guys in the bullpen this year. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to Built.com today. That's Built.com. You guys can find a bunch of delicious flavors there right now. I know Thanksgiving time's coming. It's time we eat a lot of food. Uh, Built Bar is a kind of the perfect substitute for like a, a slice of pie. You know, a slice of pie is at least 300 calories, my friends. Uh, that's on the low end, honestly. If you guys have a Built Bar, they're delicious. They're filling. They're sweet. They're really tasty. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and plenty of protein too. So, you know, it's like if you have a piece of pie on Friday morning, you know, after Thanksgiving, that's not great for you. You have a built bar and go for a run, you know, and you, and you can be fine. You have that tasty treat, but also be fueling your body for a workout as well. So go to built.com today. It's built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, and you guys will get 15% off on your first order at built.com. All right, my friends, let's get into these exit interviews. So exit interview basically being like, hey, the season's over, right? Let's take a look at what this guy did and and what do we think moving forward? We're going to take guys that either will or could be part of this team as we uh, as we kind of approach things. But 
Blake Finney tweeted this on October 11th uh, from uh, from Federal Baseball. It's the list of guys who uh, – this is MLB Trade Rumors' list of the arbitration projections. So Soto, Bell, Ross, Fetty, Robles, both Suero, Stevenson, Harper, and Rainey are the guys that are on that list. Today we're going to focus on Kyle Finnegan. Uh, we're gonna, and also we're going to focus on Austin Voth and then Wander Suero. So let's do Kyle Finnegan first, all right? Kyle Finnegan is 30. Um, he's also he's under team control. I don't believe he's actually arbitration eligible this year, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, he is So he is a guy at the age of 30 that they're going to have uh, – yeah, he's arbitration eligible next year. So this is a guy who's at 30 who we know for a fact is going to be part of the bullpen next year. He had a strong year and then was forced into a role that really wasn't – you know, it, it really seemed a lot of times – he wasn't totally comfortable with, but when the Nats made all those trades, uh, i.e., the bullpen guys, when they there's that kind of exodus and there's no Will Harris there, well, it, you know, this guy in Kyle Finnegan ends up having to take a lot of uh, take that workload and step up and become that ninth inning guy, and that just was not his best role. But he did have a really strong year: 68 appearances, 3.55 ERA. He was really strong. Um, in the middle sector of the year, if you will, he had a three five two ERA, a three five seven five ERA in May, and then three five two in the month of June, one five four in July, point nine zero in ten innings of work in the month of August. Um, you know, he had a stretch there, about a, a two month stretch where it was July and August, where he threw about 22, uh, 22 innings. And, you know, the ERA is around one. I mean, he was really effective for the Nationals. And uh, obviously a bad last month, October, was not good to him. But this is not a guy who's used to being in that role. And, and so, uh, oh, excuse me, October, September was not very good to him. But I think as, as a pitcher, as a guy, you know, it's, it's under team control, definitely going to have a part of this bullpen next year. This is not the year where the Nats kind of go all out on the bullpen. I don't think it makes a lot of sense, but they do have to bring in a lot of help. And uh, I, but I do think Kyle Finnegan's a guy who can be a seventh, eighth, or ninth inning guy. No, not ninth. Uh, he's a later inning guy. I think he's a seventh or eighth inning guy. I, I think you know we'll get to Mason Thompson here uh, in a later date. But uh, I do think in terms of guys who have given a lot of innings, and I, I'm doing this by guys who gave the most innings. Like this is somebody that pretty clearly the Nationals made the right choice in getting him on the squad. And this is a guy that, um, for my money, is somebody that's going to be a part of the, the back part of the bullpen next year. And I, I don't think the Nets, uh, the Nets are going to go out and spurge on a guy like an Aaron Loop. I just don't see that happening. Um, we're going to count Paulo as a starting pitcher because of what he did this year. But the next guy on the list that we should talk about is, is going to be um, uh, Austin Voth. So Nats fans are familiar with Austin Voth. He had a really good start to the year. He had a really bad end of the year. Finishes the year 4-1 record, 5.34 ERA. But you go back and you look through the, the time, and I was talking about this during the season. I was like, wow, Austin Voth, man. The bullpen, this is just what he needed. Um, you know, April, eight innings, 2.08. In May, 16 innings, 2.81. In June, 3.18. Uh, and then in July, it was a 15.43. Um, and then... In September, it was a 9.58. So a lot of mixed results from Austin Voth. And this is a guy that I think the Nationals keep because he's going to be cheap, a guy who can eat some innings, a guy that, you know, if, if they need a guy to make the spot start, he can do that as well too. He fits that mold. He fits that role. 
I see the Nationals hanging on to him as they move forward. But this is not a guy who's, I mean, he, who knows? You guys know I always say this all the time. Uh, relief pitching is kind of a year-to-year prospect. It's kind of a year-to-year type of endeavor, right? It's kind of a thing that switches rather often. And guys, you know, like Luke Jackson can suck one year, then come back and be really good the next year. We see that kind of stuff happen constantly in the relief pitching world. Could it happen for him? Yeah. Does it feel like it's going to? At this point, no. At this point, not. But but does not mean he can't have a role. But this is not a guy the Nationals are going to be depending on as a, as a full-time starter, hopefully, and not a guy that I think you see as a back-end bullpen guy. This is a guy who's going to eat some innings for you in the middle. Um, and at 30 years old, at a you know estimation around a million dollars for his arbitration, I think it's a good deal. I think it's the right place. Last guy, Wander Suero. Nats fans, I think I, I've personally seen enough of Wander Suero. To me, I'm not sure how Nats fans out there feel. Um, obviously, major struggles this season for him in, in a lot of departments, right? This is a guy that got sent out of AAA that would just have, I mean, he's having blow up innings all the time, finished his year with a 6 ERA, did come back towards the back end of the season in September, the 3-5-2 ERA in the, uh, there, but you know, he had a really bad August, and that's what he gets sent down. 9.28 in the month of July, 4.05, which is fine, in the month of June. Um, so this is a guy that started off the year pretty decent, and then it just got worse. And we know Davey loves to use Wander Swearer a lot. It's not a guy I'm investing in next year. It's just not a guy. I know he's got the size and the ability in 6'4", 216. It's a big dude. It's just not a guy that's, that's, that's had a, a consistent career with the Nationals, not a guy I feel like a lot of people, uh, you know, depend on. Right? I know that he was uh, he was good in 2020 with 3.08 ERA in 2020 in his 22 appearances, and then 78 appearances, uh, you know, 4.54 19, and then 2018 3.59. But it feels like this year that he was pretty far away from being that guy. So you know, this is not a guy I, I'm investing 900k in. I don't know if it's really worth that. I mean, maybe it is. The Nats just want to restock that pen, but they that's the place they have to improve. And guys like that, it can't just be bringing them back, in my opinion. I, I think I've seen enough of Wander Suero uh, as a Washington National. All right, more guys in the bullpen coming up this week, and we'll have more news for you, obviously, on the CBA and things like that, free agency as it comes along. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me, at Josh Neighbors underscore. Also, make sure that you guys go and check us out on YouTube. Uh, you know, make sure you guys just type in Locked On Nationals and give us a subscription there. All right, until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.